Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson And we are almost through uh, February, the month of February Dos muvatos mas do, is that for real? No. Is Movatos? <laughs> isn't. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that doesn't. Cinema Flick? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, du cinéma. Du uh, c- plus, uh, plus du cinéma? I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm feeling real French. We don't. Right now. We don't speak French good, no. but. I'll tell you who does. Marlon Brando and Maria Schneider in mm-hmm. Bernardo Bartolucci's Last Tango in Paris, 1973. Boy, howdy. We're about to talk about a movie. Okay. Yep. So this, let we let, okay, elephant in the room. I was talking with Bert about this and I'm, because we've done a couple movies that have controversy tied to them. Yes. And, and this one certainly does. And we're going to do one more that has a <laughs> fairly large amount of controversy tied to it. They are backloaded. Uh, yeah, so look, here's the dealio. It's and actually this is this is timely too because this particular controversy has been getting a lot of press. Yes. 2016, 17, and 18. Um, Bertolucci recently died, so that's kind of what dragged it all back up. An NPR film critic just lost his job for making a joke about this movie. Are you serious? He posted on Facebook that uh, the day that um, Bernardo Bertolucci died, he posted a joke and it said, "Eat, look, even grief goes better with butter." And a lot of people thought that was a whole lot of tasteless, and he lost his job. Oh, wow. He posted a big the, apology. There goes all of my butter jokes didn't for matter. the episode. <laughs> Luckily, we're not film critics for the NPR. The old oh, N- that's, that's true. For the NPR, For Carl. the NPR. <laughs> Heineken. All right. Fuck that shit. Butter, okay. butter jokes are back on the menu. Yeah, put them back on, man. Sweet. It's not even close to the most tasteless thing we've said in this no. <laughs> Okay. So here's the here's the deal, guys. For those of you who don't know, there's a there's a famous scene which we will talk about in this episode, where Maria Schneider's character. Okay, here's here's the the basic setup. Marlon Brando is a hotelier in Paris. They're in mm-hmm. Paris, right? Yep. Yeah. In ho- well, in some just outside of. Yeah. yeah so there, he's a hotelier um, in northern France. In a city in northern France, and his wife has just committed suicide at the beginning of the film. He's grieving, and he runs into a very young girl. I think she's supposed to be twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria Schneider. Her both of them eschew names in this movie. One is named Paul, and the other, the girl's name is I can't remember. Well, she never says her name. I don't. But they say her name at the end. Or her her boyfriend slash oh, fiance. Right, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's kind of. I think they're credited as the man and the woman. Mm-hmm. So Maria Schneider plays this girl. They start hooking up. Shit gets weird. Yeah. Marlon, there's a scene where Marlon Brando um, has her bring butter over because he's eating bread on the ground. I'm, many on of floor, you know yeah. exactly what I'm about to tell you. Um, he says, bring the butter. She brings the butter in. And then he uses the butter as lube and I think fairly explicitly anally rapes Maria yeah. Schneider's character on the ground. Okay. It's. It's as bad as we're as. Uh, by the way, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, damn it! I made Carl watch another rape." Yeah, I'm like, Fuck. "Thanks, man." <laughs> but um, it is. Ugh. It's bad. It is. It's really. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It's. It'd be hard to watch without the shit that he is saying while he's doing it. But the it's shit he's saying so is very intense. Disturbing. So the actual controversy comes from two places. One, yeah. Maria Schneider made a statement that said that she felt raped. Uh, she and the actual quote is, "I felt a little raped by." 
Bertolucci and the 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 film production the film, right. in only that scene was her big was her big complaint was specifically that scene Bertolucci has come out and actually uh he he responded to it and said you know he even he said I feel do feel a little bad about what we did um the only thing she she knew that scene was coming she knew what they were going to do. She knew about the violence of the script. The only thing she didn't know about was the butter. They added right. the butter to try and make to explicitly try and make her feel humiliated, so that Bertolucci could capture that, more genuine that's humiliation. Up. I agree. I utterly agree. But uh, some of the controversy comes from a few um, uh, misapprehensions. It's not misapprehensions. People, uh, people, uh, false information. Yeah, people misunderstand the controversy. A lot I of, did for years. I thought the controversy was that they were having actual sex, right. and that they didn't want to, and they were sort of being right. so forced in a way to have sex on camera, so there, which is not there the is, case at all. Yeah, there, there's all simulated. no actual sex in the film. It's not the the big one you'll find if you go looking for this controversy is Maria Schneider was actually raped on the set of right. and that's the scene you're watching. That's not true. It's all simulated. It's all fake. And she did also know about the scene. We've talked about this in a lot of the other movies we've mm-hmm. done that have scenes like this in it where it's like to be just to be an actor in a rape scene has got to be one of the hardest things. Yeah. Like and the, you know they're all doing work and you hope you uh, you hope and you uh, you know honestly there's probably a lot of respect between those actors because you have to. You have to. If you yeah. don't feel safe doing that, then you can't you can't give you can't let yourself go enough to give that performance. Right. So they're hard and harrowing to watch, but it's also people doing work. You right. Know? So actors she, are doing the acting. Right. right. So that is the controversy. They didn't actually have sex. It wasn't an actual filmed rape. The only thing that was sprung on her was the butter. And I do agree that that's that's a very gross thing for that director to have right. done. Um, Maria Schneider and Marlon Brando have a, had uh, since they're both passed now. Yes. But um, they've talked. They both talked publicly often about uh, their great relationship. They absolutely loved each other on set. Um, mm-hmm. Maria Schneider said he was like a father, kind of a father figure yep. for her. And and you know, so on the whole, Brando and Schneider got along totally fine. You're so immature. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so anyway, that is the controversy of this film. Yeah. And boy, howdy. Uh, so I did a, I did my research so that I could talk knowledgeably about it as we did the episode. One thing I thought was really interesting. This film got rave reviews when it came out. Yeah, it really did. And then as we get into the early 2000, mid 2000s. That's when we start seeing huge film criticisms of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was a weird uh, tweet that Chris Evans, the guy who plays Captain America, he tweeted out when he found out. He had recently found out because there's all this news about the butter scene. And he was like, that's despicable. They should all be in jail. And I thought to myself, they're all dead, though. Yeah. Like Maria Schneider, Bertolucci and Brando are dead. So who are you? Who do you want in jail? <laughs> like, it, it, I don't know. That that kind of knee jerk controversy thing kind of bummed it, me well, out a little. It, that just. Uh, just be it's again it's that uh, sorry birds off mic and she asked why would they all be in jail uh, and it's I think it's the misapprehension that a crime occurred right that someone you know? is actually raped on set right. which but, is not but a, but the this is I, I agree like we are in some really t- tumultuous and really highly controversial and gross water here oh absolutely sure. I think you were in 1974 but even more so definitely now, like. um, one of the things that I found most interesting when I was researching this film after I saw it Roger Ebert loved this movie mm-hmm. and reviewed it twice. He reviewed it in 1973 when it came out 
and gave it four out of four stars. And he addresses a lot of the it's it's amazing. If if you want if you're interested in this movie at all and you're interested to see how how good a reviewer Roger Ebert is, even though he, you know he like he there's movies he hated that I love. There's yeah, movies absolutely. he hated that turned out really to be super huge hits. But his review of this is spot on. He calls almost all of the criticisms of it that crop up in the 2000s and refutes them point by point. Amazing. I mean, in '73, and he, so he loved he adores the movie, and then he comes back to it and re-reviewed it in 1995. They were playing it at like a draft house or oh, whatever. Sure, okay. they, they threw it up on the on the big screen, and he's like, "I remember that I adored this movie when it came out." And he did went he and get saw the Mac? No, he loved it again, but he did. It was an interesting. The, his opening line of the review is so beautiful. I wish I could remember it word for word, but it's something like, "Watching Last Tango in Paris tw- uh, twenty years or whatever after it came out is kind of like visiting a house that you lived in when you were younger, where you did wild things that you don't do anymore." Oh wow! It's something like that. It's beautiful. <laughs> the The review is really beautiful, and he does. Uh, he still holds up, though. He he says this movie absolutely holds up. I don't change my mind at all. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Um. So and actually, there's a the next the last movie we're doing for season one, Blue is the warmest color. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really interesting tie-in to this in the Criterion essay that comes with Blue is the warmest color. Um, they kind of give it a backhanded compliment at the beginning. They said Blue is the warmest color was released in 2013, or I think it's 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Was released in 2014 during a peculiar amnesia where the cinematic world. Uh, imagined that no director had ever made an art film about sex about before. sex before interesting <laughs> and I think originally in the screenplay it was supposed this was supposed to be a homosexual relationship it between is two yeah men. Maria Schneider's uh, character was actually written for a young boy yep so this so without further ado let's get into last Tango in Paris, Paris. Okay. I'm very interested to, about into this conversation we're about yeah to yeah yeah Broad strokes. Yeah. What did you think? I fucking love this movie. Dude. I love it too. Yeah. It's so good. I was worried that I didn't because I kept falling asleep because I watched it. <laughs> this is the thing. I watched it yesterday after we did a twofer. Yeah. Yep. And I had a big old lunch and I'm sitting on the couch. And I got like 38 minutes into it and I'm like, I can't. I can't keep my eyes up when we'll fall asleep. And I tried like two or three different times. I kept falling asleep. I'm like, ooh, I hope it's not the movie. So I, you know, went about my life and about eight thirty nine o'clock last night, I started to spin it again. Right. And I was like, nope, this, in. I'm in this, like so fucking in this. And it sits in the weirdest fucking place, man. This yesterday you said it's peerless, but you didn't want to use that word because I didn't. Yeah, I, I said it was peerless. And I said, I, I don't mean that I've never seen anything think, better. Right. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. This is. It, oh, wow. It's. We're, it's in I, film apart, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, the other big thing with Last Tango. If you if you look into the history of it, is there's basically no script. The script is just like emotional beats and kind of blah. Mm-hmm. So one of the you know just like here's what we kind of think should happen a little, and here's what people might be feeling is the script. So Maria Schneider and Marlon Brando working with Bertolucci improvised almost the entire film. That's insane. Which man? Because his monologue that he's he's giving her about. Um, Which one? Schneider? The, no, no. Marlon Brando's monologue when he's laying down on the mattress and he's talking about how his parents were alcoholics and how he would... Like that whole thing. It's pretty lengthy. It's amazing. And then he's like, do you believe me or do you think that I just made that all up? Oh, you think I, well, you you think think I was telling, you the, I was telling you the truth? Hey, Bird, will you grab the light over here real quick? It's flickering and freaking it. me out. Um, that I have a note on that as I think that that's one of the best monologues I've ever heard. And it's not just one thing. He tells her like four, four stories. different things. Yeah. And it's the specific details. We talked about this. Um, 
was the last episode we did was uh, 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 Eternal Sunshine Eternal of the Spotless Mind, yeah. and we talked about how Charlie Kaufman grabs those genuine moments that are so odd and strange and that where the details are so specific that you believe that they were grabbed from real life brando does that here mm-hmm. in that particular the one you're talking about that particular scene yeah this one of the few times he's speaking english uh he he and he, he goes in and out one of my fa- that's one yeah. of my favorite things about this movie is that everyone maria schneider included pops from in french and, and out english yeah of of french and yeah brando will be delivering like a rapid fire impassioned speech to someone and midway through Ah, drop into English. A lot of the times it's when he's angry. Like, and this happens to people that are bilingual, which I am not. But we had um, uh, a woman that worked for my father for a while, mm-hmm. and she was Czechoslovakian, and she speaks like perfect English. But whenever she would start getting excited about something, we'd have to slow her down because she started speaking Czechoslovakian. Czech. And we're like, oh, no, sorry. Uh, Back to English because you you got so excited you went into check <laughs> there for a second. So like the, the same fucking thing is happening here, and I find that incredibly fascinating. That when he's getting angry at his mother-in-law, my f- yeah, the door punching scene, door is my punching favorite scene, example of him slipping into English, slipping into English because he's so angry, his brain is like going native, like language Let's, one. Oh I want to go through this one in order, but yep. when we get there, I did write down his line because oh fuck, oh my god. I'm tr- I'm trying to be less profane, but I just can't because I no, when I, I know. once I start loving a movie, I'm just like I'll tell you that fucking fuck <laughs> fucker. <laughs> okay, it's um, hard. So my first note, which actually kind of it, it made me feel good about myself. Oh, okay, was um, wow that opening credits painting is awesome. It's so warped, and the second one is gorgeous. They remind me of Francis Bacon's paintings. Are they Francis Bacon? They're Francis Bacon's paintings. Congratulations. Thank you. They even credit him because I I saw the first painting and I was like, I'd hang that in my office. I love that. And I saw the second painting. I'm like, these are gorgeous. They remind me because and they remind me of um, Francis Bacon's. He's famous for the Pope, his Pope series, which are horrifying, like Meat Pope, I think. is Anyway, um, he's he did other ones and he's got that kind of strange um just morphed morphed right he's kind of like heading into um what was it boo sheila egon Egon, he's kind of heads into egon sheila territory a little bit but anyway i I spotted him and i was like i know so much i love what's happening there too because those are our characters and that's how they sort of are right they're there they are who they are but they are a weird sort of they're monstrous monstrous version of what they very monstrous because yeah. um, the, the world that exists in that hotel room is not the same world that exists outside of it another, and they very explicitly another say that beat that I love about that when, um, it, that's what that's yeah one of my favorite parts of the movie is how there's a famous play that I've referenced before and never apartment. never bothered to look up but there's another play like this where you get two people in a room and the outside world ceases to exist and you mm-hmm. realize that at any moment if one of them just left, everything would be fine. But neither Bug of them is a lot will like leave. that. <laughs> um, Anyways, okay. So I don't know what my first word, my second note means at all. I just said the legs while she's on the phone. But uh, oh, it's the you're almost. It's like an upskirt shot almost while she's on the phone in the telephone. Oh, I remember. Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes into that like little bar mm-hmm. and she tries to get a phone token and then she goes back to the booth and. It's her. It's just her legs, like under the hem of her skirt, yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Or she, it's like coming out of her jacket. But her, 
there's I think it's really interesting. We're gonna talk about something in both of these films. This one and Blue is the warmest blue. color yeah. when we when we do that final episode. Um, we ha- we're gonna have to address quote the male gaze. Oh yeah, because it's clearly all over. Right, both movies are are kind of heavily into that. I'd say Blue is more guilty of that, but in this one, there's definitely because it's uh, two women, but it's male director, male director, yeah. But there is a there is a different there is a something there is something about this that feels intentionally male gazy, absolutely, kind of like it, it like it's aware of its. Uh, uh, for example, Brando. Never naked in the whole film. Oh, you never see Schneider. Any, yeah. Mostly naked a lot of the time. At least topless. Fully for most nude. Of fully it, yeah. nude several times. Except for when she's outside of the apartment. I think she's Every, topless, if not yeah. fully nude while she's in the apartment. Unless right. she's like, like except that first pops scene, in, right. which is really interesting. That once we get to their first encounter, mm-hmm. that's going to be really when they interact with each other. Yeah. It's very the dynamic between them is the squirreliest thing I've seen since Straw Dogs. It's fucking weird. It's really man. crazy. Um so I the first thing I started noticing about this film mm. because when you wa- when I watch a movie for the show, I try and get it into a into a box so that I can sure. watch for something. If I'm watching Lethal Weapon or if I'm watching Die Hard or Sleepaway Camp, I'm not I stop watching for really clever, subtle cinematography, and I start watching for like schlock factor yes. or stunts or action moments. You're I, watching it differently for I the category that, that that it sits. Right, in right. When way. you when we when I watch Hunger, I'm not looking for quotable one-liners. No, you're not. No, you're, no. I'm watching the cinematography. For performance. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you watch Only Lovers Left Alive, you're just so overwhelmed that you just sob. You just time. cry the whole I, time. I couldn't figure out where to put this. So no, I have no idea. I started looking at cinematography. Like there's. And there's gorgeous shots in here, and really it's clever framing. It's also really framing. dirty too, though. Uh, how do you mean? Un- unpolished. Yeah, there's a lot of hand camera mm-hmm. type stuff, which is cool because this movie and the next movie are both I would both classify both as French art films. Oh, absolutely. And they share a lot, which is they share a lot of uh, uh, similar visual styles, mm-hmm. like the shake. There's not not necessarily shaky cam. It's not like documentary cam, like that handy cam. No, but there is but a lot of shoulder yeah. mounted stuff. It's smooth, but there's a lot of stuff that kind of wa- like yep. wiggles around and keeps. And I like that too because the motion gives the the it's the energy look. too. Right, it's kind of a. I think there's a term for it. I can't remember. I don't know if this is right, but I, I want to say like cinema verite, oh, okay. like um. Uh, uh, verisimilitude is another word that's popping to mind. It, it sets you in like you're not watching a movie; you're watching the real world. Right, exactly. Some movies try I feel to like do verisimilitude that. is a is a good word for that. Right, when she comes into the 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 hotel, the first place, or not a hotel, it's an apartment complex, and she's trying to rent that apartment for let. And the shot of the that's fucking weird. Too. Oh my god! It, it, like the desk clerk and her reaction behind to her the glass so and her hand weird. on the keys. This is what's sticking in my head. Yeah. There's a couple shots like this, and we'll t- we'll talk about them in a second. There's a there's a uh, a shot reverse shot of Brando and his like old housekeeper or whatever through glass. That's like visual. It's like a film version of an impressionist painting. It's 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 incredible. Oh, when she's cleaning up the, yeah, the tub, cleaning up the tub. Damn, dude, that whole set. Anyway, the when he, when uh, Maria Schneider's talking to the woman, and she's you know like, hey, hi, I'm trying to rent the room upstairs. Is there a key? And she's like, no, the the key's not here. He didn't return. Whoever was last didn't return the key. Right. I don't so know who's here. hold on. There's a copy. Don't get all shitty with me. Here's <laughs> the copy. But when she's touching the keys behind the glass, there's 
there are shots in this and in blue. In a weird way, I'm going to have to talk about both because no, I think they, I think they're sister pieces. They really in a are. Weird way. I was thinking the same thing. But there are shots in both where you feel something, but then the shot's gone and you don't have time to get it. So, but and you got to just keep going with right. the river. But man, when she, that woman is like touching the keys behind glass, it's it like struck a weird. Like kind of aching chord in uh-huh. me And then she takes the key and goes upstairs And I'm like no but why What <laughs> was that, that? What, is, what is this thing that I'm seeing Yeah there's a lot of oh, that man. Particular um, f- a film Right and then So then they get She goes upstairs She goes into this dump I mean it is fucking gross It's torn to pieces Yeah man. It's like the, There's old furniture that's broken st- Broken furniture you stacked can just, you up You can almost smell it At one point there's a dead rat that shows up just Randomly yeah, on, the on the bed, yeah, which is fucking <laughs> like, awesome. I'm gonna eat it with mayonnaise. I gotta get some mayonnaise for this. I'll save the asshole. I'll save the for asshole you. for you. <laughs> oh my god, Brando is some of the shit that he says to her, man. But we'll get into that. We we definitely will, because right now it's about to start. But yeah, when we first, right off- well, the opening shot of the film, which I I don't know how I glossed it. Oh, is, him screaming. He screams, "Fucking God." Is the opening line It's a train coming overhead And a down uh, bird's eye of Brando Holding his head and looking up at the sky With his eyes closed in anguish And he screams fucking god mm-hmm. Is the opening Moment yep. of the goddamn movie And then he walks to the building And sees that there's an apartment for rent And that's where he gets right. and he, started There's a famous story About the first time Brando did Cat on a hot tin roof no, that was Paul Newman. Would it be Streetcar Named Desire? Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. The first time that Brando did Streetcar Named Desire on Broadway, not mm-hmm. the film. There's a, And it was like his acting debut. No one had seen him before. And there's this famous story, which is the play is happening. And then Brando walked on in a white t-shirt and jeans and had no dialogue. It's just him entering. And the whole audience gasped just because of the physical presence Holy of shit. Marlon Brando. He comes out and like this is his first appearance in on any in anything, and he walks on stage and everyone in the crowd goes all what at once. And watching this movie, there are moments in films like The Godfather mm-hmm. where Brando's sitting behind the desk and he's very still, toying with the cat, barely looking around. But a lot of that's the lighting and the state. Yeah. But there's always anytime you see Marlon Brando in something, there's, there's a, a there's, presence. I wrote I wrote down and I can't I don't I don't know what it is I'm, I'd like to throw it on the table and see but I said there's something that comes off Brando yeah he gives off waves it's an energy it's he he commands any scene he's in even in something goofy like Guys and Dolls where he plays Sky Masterson and, and he sings and he dances and he's with or Don Juan DeMarco his, her, but it was like what the f- but there is there's this it's almost palpable like this presence this thing that that, right. that is part of him well the pope famously the, said the devil is in the celluloid of the exorcist right, but yeah, dude, brando is in the is celluloid it masculinity i don't know what that i don't know what or it is. is it tom hardy this is kind of like fun we're doing like film school hour but right tom hardy says uh when he was in film school they used to do an exercise where they act they'd strip the actor down to like their underwear mm-hmm. or whatever and then they would say all right you now you have no dialogue there's no you're not allowed to say anything or make any sound and here's the character you're portraying walk on stage and we have to figure we out, what, to figure you out are. what you are yeah. And it was like, how does a king walk and stand and carry himself? How does a homeless person, how does a drunk, how right. does a whatever? 
Brando, I think Tom Hardy is actually a good example of someone who can do that well. And well, they like but, to hide his face a lot too, so it's like right. They're like, let's wrap him up and see if he can still act good. <laughs> oh, he's doing God damn just it. fine. He yeah. just keeps winning awards. They're like, let's cover everything, everything. up but his right eyebrow. We'll have someone else play Tom Hardy. That's how <laughs> you're gonna play Tom Hardy playing a pilot, exactly. And that guy's winning awards because Tom Hardy is acting through this other person. It's fucking nuts. Tom Hardy's incredible, but Brando's that same kind of thing. No, absolutely. Because the first time we see Brando, he's sitting on a radiator, like hunched up, and he's just kind of sitting there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know that when Maria Schneider first sees Brando, yes. and when he he stands up and starts kind of walking around the apartment listlessly, and she, you know, they do the the dialogue. Is less important until we get to these big, beautiful monologues, these big improv. Yeah, the, set the piece dialogue, dialogue is all just—it's all throwaway. It's like, uh, you thinking you might get in this apartment? Oh, but how about now? Like, oh, right. this place kind of stinks. This or, is not the Princess Bride. No, Head over to Patreon is, if you want to hear that. The, or these are Eternal two Sunshine. people walking through a uh, uh, empty, disgusting fucking. Right. Room there are many wasted words in oh this. Oh my god. That's, but that's part of it. Right, exactly. This this movie works in that I don't know if I'm using the term right, but that that sort of like realistic cinema, the cinema verite, mm-hmm. which I think is right, but I'm not positive. So that like realistic cinema thing where we're going to put you in the real world. And, and in the real world, show the pe- person. people have boring right. conversations that kind of don't mean stuff a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. There are movies where like every line is five meanings. This is not that movie. Nope. And it works here. In a way that I think the next film we're going to talk about, it often doesn't. Okay. But anyway, um, when they get, when they get they get together, Maria and I, they're walking around the apartment checking it out. Brando, Brando, the way Brando checks out the apartment is fascinating to me. He goes over by the broken furniture, sits down on like a stack of rugs, and picks up a lampshade and starts smells it. He smells the lampshade and then starts peeling it for, apart. So for a moment. And I was confused by this until later on in the film when it's understood that he has a hotel right. somewhere else. I thought that this was like a room that he and his wife had shared. So did I. And that he was coming back to visit it and then he was revisiting all these things. But it's not. This is a brand new space. Right. One of but the- he's smelling these things like he's trying to remember something. Or... I, the way that I read... Oh, it's, go ahead. Yeah. No, but because like if, if you miss someone, it's like that the Brokeback Mountain scene where he smells the, the I miss your musk or whatever. Like, But this, when, when someone is gone, you find these things and you, you try and get their smell again. And it felt that way. Like Through his grief, he was trying to find his wife somewhere. Mm-hmm. But you don't even know That's, that she is dead at this point either. We just know that he's we just know that he really is depressed. really depressed by something. That's fairly obvious. And then that he is smelling the out. that he's smelling the, and he's having this weird walkabout in this I loved that apartment. that detail and I like how I I love how you put that, which is he's try, like did you uh, did you say he's trying he's like to trying find, to his find wife. his yeah, he's trying to find her. He the that his he doesn't give a shit about the room. He cares about all these tiny details that seem inconsequential mm-hmm. to us. Which I love, what like smelling the lampshade. But, and the, the crazy and then, thing is, they're not they're not connected to him or his wife at no, all. No, but you know, there, there's that thing there might where be a similar thing though. Oh, well, I I actually still have this. I lost my grandfather a couple of years ago, and now like if you if I hear certain country songs, right. uh, one of the things, um, you know, when we were up for the funeral and things like that, I'm the only person in my family who's my was my grandpa's size. 
So I have both of his bathrobes. I have his winter jacket, two of his winter jackets. And one of my win- one of those winter jackets still smells like my grandfather yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, I'll like be going out for groceries and I'll pull that jacket on and I, you know, that air fluffs out and I'll get that that smell that that reminds me of my grandfather. It's, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, it's a particular cologne he wears, but I get that smell and flood of memories. Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, there's something there when he picks that lampshade it up. It smells like her. Or he's looking for it. Yeah. He, there's a particular smell that he can't find and he just, he's, I wonder if this will bring her back. I yeah. wonder if this will bring her back. It's so beautiful. And then Maria Schneider, stepping out of the film for a second, mm-hmm. one of the big, one of the big, Things that you see in criticism of this film. Usually, I avoid criticism, but I wanted to come loaded. Well, for because this. this is such a H- hot button a movie hot button and a hard movie, yeah. movie too. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of see what the landscape looked like. And one of the big criticisms of the movie, there are two big. Well, uh, aside from the butter scene, there's two big ones other than that, which are why is Brando never naked and Maria Schneider always is? Isn't that exploitative? And I think Roger Ebert refutes it really well. He says. That's exactly their relationship. Exactly. Maria Schneider. He's, he's explicit in saying that you don't matter. I want to even know your name. Like I don't want to know anything about you. I'm not gonna. He's like. And if you're yeah. okay to just, if you're alright to do that, like she's free. She's not under duress at any time. No, it's, like, it's free to go. Whatever you want to be here and you want to fuck me. Then. It's her big. Right. Her her thing is like the same complaint that we see in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm-hmm. which is like I tell you everything about me and you won't give me shit. I just want you to give me something. Mm-hmm. That's why Brando is always clothed. He's, he's not giving her anything. He's not giving yeah. her things. Maria Schneider's throwing herself at Brando. Yes. And the, the, this is exemplified several times throughout the film. So anyway, that's one of the criticisms. And the other criticism was that Maria, Sh- that everyone heaps praise on Brando in this movie. Marlon Brando got nominated. Yeah. Bertolucci got nominated. The film got nominated. But um, Maria Schneider got sh- snubbed. And... I don't think that's her fault. I think Maria Schneider, what she's given to work, work with, with isn't as much. On and also the way that the, the way it's the way the movie has to be. Maria Schneider has to seem, has to seem shallow and wishy-washy and there, she has to kind of seem like she's reaching for or striving for something that isn't there because of whatever reason. Right. You know, I, I do, I, I don't dislike her in this. No, I don't either. I think her performance is really good, but I think by necessity, it has to lack depth. Because all Marlon... It's, it's, she's, a, she's an interesting foil for Brando because all Brando is in this movie is depth. Is depth, yeah. All he is is this like fathomless sea of stuff. And he works with it. He has a lot to work with. And Maria Schneider's just kind of there to pick at him. To right. be like, what? Tell me more about this. And to, and it's she is not in any way a manic pixie dream girl because she I has was, I was gonna a add, massive because life. she isn't. It's that, that's no. a weird because we did talk about it in the last episode. I'm like, is she? But I don't think that she is. She's not. No, because she, she's got the fiance. She's got right. she's got desires. She's got wants. She she has her. Own, she has a journey. They right. both have a journey. They're both fully fully fleshed out characters. She just doesn't have enough to work with on the page it's, as far as. She doesn't have like the really big monologue. She doesn't she have. Has, she has some monologues. She does, but but I think Brando is. I mean, having lost his wife and not knowing why she killed herself, and part of the, well, part and of finding the, out. I mean, he's he even has a fucking conversation with his wife's lover. And they're both wearing the same fucking like pajamas and shit. Like the, the robe, the robe. Yeah, we'll oh, get to she, that too. Yeah. But it's like he's got all of that. She. She is here in this city to find a flat for her and her fiance to move to right. when he gets to town. Um, and then she, not fiance yet, but not yeah. fiance yet. Yeah, but, 
But um, here's a, here's a this is maybe unfair. I don't think that no, this is not unfair. This is how movies work. This is how any acting works. Mm-hmm. If I you're you're a great actor. Oh, thank you. If I put you on stage with Michael Fassbender, you'd be dog shit. I would look like absolute fucking garbage, sir. Right. You put me on stage with anyone, Billy yeah. Zane. Right. <laughs> I look like <laughs> shit. Right. Right. So, Marie, and the fact that Maria Schneider still shines is and to her credit. And she's sharing the screen primarily with one of the best actors of in any what generation. I would say yeah. is his best. Pr- I love him in The Godfather, but that is such yeah. a yeah. dialed down. You don't see him hit his range. Have you seen On the Waterfront or no. The Street uh, Streetcar? Nope, I've Holy never seen anything with, it, with Brando in it except for. I would agree that this is one of his best. I think Streetcar is probably. I've seen Apocalypse Now, The Godfather, this, and that's it. That's my Brando yeah. exposure. No, I've seen Don Juan DeMarco. Um, but I'm, no one's going to say that's his best work ever. But no, I've, I've missed a lot of the brand yeah. new classics. So seeing, I would say as from what I've seen, this is his best. Mm-hmm. I don't think, it, I don't think he gets better than this as far as I'm as aware. As far as you're aware. Yeah. Right. There's probably something out there that's going to just make me watch streetcar. Goddamn. Burn it. the house down yeah. and just be like, <laughs> no, I don't want to see any more films. This is the, be- let me die now. But, um, you know. Brando's on when when it's Maria Schneider and anyone else, she steals the she scene. She steals, right? But if you're, yeah. When Brando walks on, man. But to her credit, she is not. She's no slouch. No, he's not carrying the picture. No, he just, not he, at all. The other thing too is because of their power dynamic, he dictates most of the action. Which means as we're watching this, Maria Schneider is reacting to what Brando's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a fucking amazing moment in here where. Brando bats a ball her way and it is the best monologue It's the second best monologue ball you've ever seen. It's like blam. You're holy shit. I can't believe what he just did. And she bats it back, but he's not there anymore. Yep. He's gone. He does a monologue that just literally like strips you to the bone. It's so beautiful. And then she does a monologue and it is also incredible. She's r- ripping it up. But Brando has gotten up, and now he's walking around the room, ignoring her. Yep, it's one of my. You're not even listening to me. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, he's taking a like a ladder apart. He's pulling the ladder apart. He's fiddling with it. It's like this is so much bullshit. You don't. You listen. I listen to you. You're not listening to me. Right, and he still doesn't respond to her. So like, yeah, that's and because it's all improvisational, that's kind of interesting because you. This is. If put yourself in Maria Schneider's shoes for a second, Mm -hmm. not even forget he's Brando. The way that he's working his performance is so hard to work with. Yeah. He gives you something. As an actor, you're like, you're not giving me. I just gave you everything. I was actively listening. Right. I was like. <laughs> he ble- he ble- you're, where's yes and? Yeah, exactly. You're, no you're stonewalling me, you motherfucker. Went, you went, uh, that's, that was your yes and. Or like Brando will hit you with something and then you're like, all right, my serve. And then you hit him and you're and like. you walk off the court. And you look up and Brando's like in another room like, <laughs> like fiddling with a lipstick tube or something. And you're like, I just. Wh- why are you doing this? Why? What is going on here? Like, oh, no, you got it. <laughs> it's it, like, I know you're not a huge fan of the movie, but um, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. I love Goodwill Hunting because I like watching two actors I like watching two actors work. Yeah. And whatever else you have to say about that movie, that's Robin Williams and Matt Damon doing some really interesting work. There are lots of other stuff we can talk about, but in this movie, this movie is watching one actor, Marlon Brando, Mm -hmm. doing a great job, but challenging another actor as much as you can challenge another actor. Maria, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that immediately makes me think of their the sync the shared sync scene. It's where he's where incredible. he's shaving and she is 
uh, I forget what their conversation is about, but he's like correcting her English and he's shaving. He's calling her a, a whore. Or she's, I feel like a or and he's like, like a or and he's like a whore, a whore, like, a whore. Yeah, so uh, it's that's like, what I said. The or a and, whore, and, and then he's correcting her, her grammar, and then he's like, "You're not, you're, you know, you're someone, you're someone I'm spending some time, yeah. you know, a little time in paradise with." And she goes, "I'd rather be a whore." Yeah, you know, like she's, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's really amazing because, okay, physically. Especially knowing that a lot of it is improv Mm -hmm. Physically Especially And again Like for both of them There's some part of my brain That wants to just be like Well Brando's so good How hard could it have been But no You can't discount the work No For both of them This is intensely physically demanding To create these spaces of Like improvised sudden intimacy Right And then To work with totally improv dialogue where I, I think in a lot of ways Brando is intentionally being challenging so that Maria Schneider has, has to, to come up to that and also forces her to make unique choices. Yeah, absolutely. Because she can't just give him a pat response. No, he's not, in the room he's not going. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, now, now am I supposed to do? I'm playing fucking solitary now. He like, works. Right. And he he works yeah, he, over they, her they a lot. They start playing poker. It's amazing. And then she ends up playing solitaire. It's like, this is well, They start playing poker and then he's over there with like a cricket bat. Right. And you're yeah, like, so what the fuck is going on? I thought on? we were, we, no, we're not. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, let me tell you about the, my cousin. That is a great monologue. Yeah. The cousin monologue. But let's jump back quickly to their first meeting mm-hmm. where Brando's looking you can you can see the motivations that they're both working with, which is awesome. Again, this is like this is one of those unique moments where you can watch an actor not necessarily parroting back what the director and what the script wants, but an actor doing their own work. Mm-hmm. You know, where we see the backstory that Brando is building. That's not explicit. It's just him doing the work. And one of the things I love about Maria Schneider is Brando, he he smells the the lampshade. He he starts peeling it apart. He's sitting there despondent. Maria Schneider goes and takes a piss. She literally like walks into the bathroom, sits down, pisses, stands up, and then leaves again. Which my note is, um, look, I'm no woman, but I'm pretty sure women wipe after they. Oh, hold on. Hey, bird. Do women women wipe after they pee? Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. What are you I doing, could, Maria I Schneider? Told you that. Right? <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to be presumptuous and be like, and everyone, but hey, right, no, at the I same time, you. I'm like, ew, what? No what are you doing? I don't know. Well, maybe do they not. bidet? Oh, they're in France. Yeah. Maybe she bidets it. She's, Although she she's, just kind of gets up and rolls pretty quick. I didn't think she even peed. I thought she just sat down. You hear it. Oh, she I sits didn't. down and it's like, tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Oh, I didn't I'm hear pretty it. sure it's, in, it's like ADR'd or looped or whatever. It's not. Shame but when no, Michael Fassbender sits, literally just she goes just and sits, takes a stands, and flushes. Yeah, you're right. There is no right squirt. Yeah, so I mean that's such and that's such a she's cheap got a dirty note fanny. In this movie. Dirty f- fan. Oh right, we're in Europe. Fanny. Fanny. <laughs> Correct. <yes. laughs> I'm trying to be fucking you know cultured or whatever. Cultured and shit. Do like you ever see the last Tango? Last Tango. Tell you what, daddy's you fucking twat. Oh boy, just go totally crazy. <laughs> We don't see Marlon, and, and you actually made two jokes about it. Marlon Brando's fat dick. Oh yeah, never never sees shows his dick. up. Want to hear? And a he's fun- also not fat. No, not in this movie. No. no. Do you want to hear a funny? Oh, even though she says he's getting fat, which I yes. love that line. She, dude, Maria Schneider gives him shit all and the a, time. She electroc- electrocutes. She him. does <laughs> intentionally electrocutes. Well, him. to be fair, is after he buttered her butt. So yeah, that. Oh, we'll get into the dynamics in a bit, but uh, 
but one of the things I love about um, my butter, <laughs> you just blew my note right out Sorry. of my head. Um, I don't even remember what it was. Fuck it, rolling <laughs> Sorry. on. Um, oh, it was Maria Schneider giving him shit. Mm, yes. A lot of times, because we're talking about this thing where Brando breaks so many acting rules, where it's like. Here's the thing I'm telling you And then your thing would be like Yeah that is crazy And here's another thing you build on it right, But yes. where Brando's giving her nothing And she's forced to improvise So a lot of it feels like Her vindictively giving him shit Oh absolutely Like the actress Yes But in a fun way Because they had a great relationship Where you know he's like Blah 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 You know and She's like You're getting fat There There How's that Go to work Brando <laughs> Go to work You're getting Give fat. me some lines about how fucking fat you are and loser. Then, he just, <laughs> then he just flexes and does 50 push ups Like I guess you're not even, fat You're like shit because even the way he gets up off the way he gets off the that ground, that was amazing. I'm like, did he just do a backflip, kip up? What the fuck did he do? That was so awesome. Um, Brando flipping up. Yep, I have a note on it. Brando flipping up to his feet, where he's laying on the ground. It's right. He falls asleep after the butter. Yeah, scene. he's his pants are still undone. And even, she, yeah. she has electrocuted herself in accident, and she's like, "I'm gonna get him." So she's like, "Hey, wake up over there, I fatty!" Need help with you know? the record player, you fat fucker. So he like turns, looks at her, and then it's Char- It's straight out of Chaplin. It's straight out of like Charlie Chaplin level physicality, and especially knowing Brando at, as an older actor, that's how I'm aware of him. Mm-hmm. I know he has a whole career as a young man, oh, yeah. but to see him like lean forward, and I'm like, eh, I watch him struggle to his feet, and then he's just like. Flips up to his feet And by the way Cinematography What a perfect angle To have it that low on the floor That when he flips up to his feet He literally vanishes he, Yeah And then from his frame, feet go And then whap, bah, Yeah And his feet land a Holy shit Perfect shot Perfect shot It's such a Fucking great moment Brando. in that movie. Definitely um, not fat No not in this flick For sure well, I mean we'll watch he's Apocalypse Now someday He's 48 48 in this movie mm-hmm. If I can flip to my feet like that at 40, actually 48 is not that old. It's not that old. What am I? I don't know. Shut up, dude. I'm sitting here 28 and I'm just like, man, when I'm 48, if I can still you shit on my own. Dicks yeah. in here. If I can see without, you and know. you're having a fully hard penis. All like, the time. God damn it. Constantly. Like right now. I'm holding uh, up my side of the table. Right. With my fucking 28-year-old boner. I hate I'm it. I'm luckily if I get the balloon half full. Like. <laughs> you're like, well. This is good, good enough. Is it harder than a rope? I guess we're good then. I mean, I'm not so bad I got to tape a marker to the underside oh. or anything, but. <laughs> not yet. It's like a, not yet, Carl. It's, it's like a dick splint. On your 50th birthday, I'm going to get you a set of markers. <laughs> like, nice fat Sharpies. Yeah, happy Merry, the Merry Christmas. Merry It'd be one of, the, one of the Sharpies you got to shake. <laughs> yes. Can that be my wedding present? For sure, Awesome, dude. sweet. And the stinky ones when you take the cap off yeah, so yeah, my yeah. cock smells like. Like high, like being high. Like being high. <laughs> Your cock smells like being high. Everyone just wants to smell my dick. <laughs> you want to get really marker high? Smell Carl's dick. <laughs> You're like, I mean, you could just, if you want to do, you could you just, just get a marker, marker and smell, and smell it, it, but it's not nearly as fun. <laughs> you really feel like you're living dangerously when you get high off Carl's <laughs> cock. <laughs> Um, that was one of the things I actually to bring it honestly, like bring it to this movie. I like, even though you get the sense that Brando's older. By the way, we haven't. Neither of us have said it, but Marlon Brando is very handsome. Yeah, he is, and I think they age him up a little bit too. I think they do a little. His hair is doing a lot of the work in making him look older than he is because it's that wispy, and it's also receding. It's receding a bit. But man, who makes a receding hairline look good? It's Marlon Brando, right? (laughs) 
The other thing there is, are some profile, some shots of him when he's his face is angling either up and away when he catch his profile, where he looks like a fucking like a god. Like he is yeah, so he, it's, his nose structure. We talked like, about uh, John Mc, the the uh, Bruce Willis's profile yes. where he has this. It's a face carved from granite. Yeah. Brando has moments like that. Yep. One of my favorite things about Brando in this movie is his profile because he seems so often he can he can just based on small facial feature changes. He does something with his eyebrow that I've seen him do in other performances mm-hmm. where like one eyebrow will come up and he'll look to the side and then his eyebrows will flatten out. Mm-hmm. He's very expressive eyebrows. Actually. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a wide shot near the end of the film where he's in an elevator and Maria Schneider is telling him to wait. And she's like, do, goes, mm. do you want me to come? <laughs> and you're like, it's a wide ass shot. And you still see his eyebrows do their oh, thing. Wee wee. And they do it fast. He has really he has gr- great eyebrow acting. Yes, he does. <laughs> New category. But um, I don't know. Uh, so to to take it back to that first time that they're in the the apartment mm-hmm. when the phone rings, and he picks up the phone, and Maria Schneider picks up the phone. I wrote down because uh, I was trying. I knew this was an art film, so I'm tr- I was trying to do the the work of like what what are is we, this? What are we what seeing? Are we doing right. Um, and I said, uh, Brando and Schneider are both on the phone in a two shot, which is a really cool two shot. Cause she's in, in the foreground. She's in too. the back in another room. Yeah. And Brando goes, I think he says it in French, but he goes, there's he no one French. here. Yep. There's no one. And Maria Schneider and he are both there. And ultimately what happens is they exist in that room without names. They're not yep. people. They're just, you know, they're not, they're not, um, people as in people with histories and names and no. pasts and blah, blah, blah. They're just two human animals. Honestly, what's funny is like he starts breaking the rules on that. The name thing? No, no. She keeps trying to tell him more. Um. Anyway, sorry. It's no. The, 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 my last the road, bit of the note was sorry. their phone links them beyond words because they both stay on the phone even after no one's on it anymore and no one. He talking. even cradles it on the edge of a table. Like he keeps it. He keeps he does, it. He doesn't live. hang it up. Yeah, he, he keeps, the keeps phone it live. live. Yeah, and then walks into the other room. To talk to her again, yeah, yeah, but um, and then runs her up against a. So there's a yeah okay so here's the first scene, first question first question on this this first because this is the first sex scene of a film that has several sex scenes. Yes. Right? Is this rape? Hmm. I know I'm right there with you. Um, do you want to hear Ebert's take on it? Yep. Ebert also He's doesn't say know. it a lot more. Oh, he doesn't. Ebert either. also doesn't know. He says um. Uh, in his 1973 she, review, the way that she's grabbing his shoulders and know, the man. back of his neck, and she kisses him back, and then it is maybe it's, but it maybe it's also that weird 70s 70s slash Hollywood thing where mm-hmm. a woman doesn't think she wants it but once it oh, starts, right. then I, she yeah, that is a thing. That That's definitely thing. a thing. It's <sighs> you know like no, I know, and but then she gives way to her passion, right. which is such a shit thing. It's such a bullshit Hollywood thing, right? But. But that is, this was 1972, 1973, 73. right? So, okay. This is 73. So this is still a if, thing. If it, I mean, if it is, she, oh no, I don't want right. to say that. We're talking about, okay, we're, everyone remember, we're talking about a movie. And in the movie, in the world but she of She sticks the, around. She you does. know what I mean? She's not like, holy fuck, I just got raped and you find the, whatever. But, I, okay, look. So she rolls, the, the, way, the way she rolls away from him is haunting. It's haunting. The yeah. way that Ebert says it is he goes, um, the first time they meet and it, uh, if rape is not too strong a word for what transpires between Marlon Brando and Maria Schneider in that scene or right, whatever, yeah. between Paul and whoever the other girl is, I can't, they do say her name like twice, but I totally missed it. But 
it it is it is again this is that weird part of the reason that we end up doing these gymnastics is because in the 70s this is a trope which is right like no no oh never mind i've i've been now swept been, up right. in the passion yeah, 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 now yeah. i like it right that's a trope of movies from absolutely. the 60s and 70s <laughs> no, absolutely and it doesn't make it it doesn't make it any easier to watch and it also doesn't make it okay but it, you got to remember like I think that the is question is raised also because watching. these people have known each other for 2 minutes and and it's not like a passionate me personally intercourse me personally i say yes okay. i say this is rape um if we don't want to if we want to call it sexual it's still the same thing i call this a rape for sure okay. cuz brando goes for it and Maria Schneider kind of starts on, she does start in an uncertain territory, but then they both, they do, we'll, we'll call, I'll, I'll call it as I see it in this film. Okay. They both totally succumb to passion. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about this scene is the cinematography. I wrote down, it's almost sex in the abstract. All of the camera choices obscure both of their faces constantly. Um, it's just hair and coats and curtains. Because we see the back of Brando's head and yeah, his head. Yeah, you don't see it, yeah. It's obscuring her so much so that she's almost not even in the frame. It's just Brando moving against something, something. in the curtains. And then they fall behind the curtains and you can't see their face. They fall down through the curtains and then they're on the floor at the end of it. Right. That choice to abstract the passion abstract moving the a sex. lot there's no humanity to it because you can't see faces you can't see oh my god but so much of this movie is stripping humanity away yeah, from these two characters exactly to the point where they don't want to even share each other's names or yeah right they, they don't know each other's names he uh, there's he even said there's god. no one here like, there's finally at the end of the movie when he's like paul my name's paul it feels like this hollow tiny shallow little yeah. like it it's like it's 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 a weird moment it's a really weird moment because you expect like you know, my name's Paul, and then it's not that at all. Drunk old man telling you a name, and you realize, oh yeah, the name is really truly inconsequential. Yeah, it's all the other shit. So anyway, they both succumb to this like this. In the moment, they succumb to this passion. They fall to the ground. Maria Schneider rolls away from him. Pause. Rolls, rolls again. Again, she double rolls away from him and then curls into the fetal position. And she like. Holds, holds herself, herself like her she's holding her stomach mm-hmm. i call 100 okay. percent this is rape now that makes the rest of the movie very interesting let us say <laughs> capital i interesting uh for so sure i think we can glean something about the two of them in how they because they leave the room and the apartment complex together. together this he, he okay. purchases the apartment or rents it. This is the best cinematography I saw in this movie, and th- and I'm not saying like the rest of it was shit. Oh, the no. rest of it's great, but this was stellar. He leaves very at ease. He, it seems like he's gotten something out of his system because we see him depressed, we see him bummed, we see him in these yes. deep lows. And as the movie progresses, we'll see this pattern of him in depressive moods or funks or grumpy, and then and she's. They're, oh my god, it's like two people talking from talking at each other about different subjects. Because um, Ebert has an interesting theory that I'm not sure I necessarily agree with, but it's, it's, it's one very interesting lens to look at this movie through, which is Brando is punishing himself by punishing her. Yeah. These degrading degraded animal that sex was, acts. that's kind of what I felt the the whole time is like he is working through this grief right of his wife and, and killing herself and not understanding why right 
And so he is punishing himself by also punishing another human being. Like, that's that's one interest. I think no matter what, y- y- we have to. There's no way around well, it. He just doesn't give a fuck anymore about anything. Mo- yeah, I think I think he's. I think they're using each other in a way, well, but I yeah. think Brando is using Schneider's More. character. Yeah, he yeah. she's literally just an object. We're to the point where he t- doesn't want to know her name. Mm-hmm. He like I refuses her name because if I know your name, then you're a person. But right now, you're just a animal a thing to play with. Right. Right, and like this, the sex is extremely punishing for for Maria Schneider, and eventually we get into this spot where we see that. There's a there's a scene we'll talk about when Brando has tells her to put her fingers up his ass and he starts talking, and you get the sense that the things he's saying are not arousing to him. He's trying to reach some some level of disgust with himself or some far reach of depravity, because it's that weird thing where like the shame is what he's after, the degradation, the Mm -hmm. the. The re- he's trying to get down in the scum and feel hurt, and he's using Maria and Schneider to, to get do it, there, which yeah. is fucking awful to watch. Again, we both love this movie, but uh, for those of you I who mean, haven't seen it, it's not like it's a not fun like time. A, no, not at all. No, it's not as hard as Straw Dogs to watch, but There's, some of it gets close. But it's not. Yeah, it, it, the the psychology of what you're watching is really. That scene squirrely. in particular was about as close to like Straw Dogs material because of what she's, it's heavy. It's, it's heavy. real heavy. Everything from like get the fingernail. It makes her clip her fingernails first. What, yeah. But again, what a great detail! Mm-hmm. What what amazing detail! As soon as he asked oh. her to get the clippers, I knew what was going to happen. I didn't. Uh, I for some reason I'm like, oh, either he's going to make her do something to herself, or he's going to have her something do something to, to him. him. Right. Yeah. Um, before we go, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to kind of give the the arc of what happens, mm-hmm. but I also want to focus specifically on when they leave that first apartment. His he gets out really easy, kind of like he's experienced catharsis, yeah. which supports that read that he's using Maria Schneider to to work through his grief, right. which is so fucking immoral. But um, her anxiety and hurry she is wants to be gone she needs to go somewhere um he she goes down to some steps into the street down in the street she sees police she hears there's like sirens and loud Mm -hmm. voices we get that anxiety that fear so maria schneider goes down and the the camera doesn't cut it's a it's a shot that pans out so we see her at go down the steps to street level brando walks casually in the middle level over the bridge and we pop up to him so all we see with him is uh the we see the sky behind him and he seems untroubled so i said brando walks above untroubled and high he's he's let off a burden well she his has burden, descended down into he's the given he's given his pain to her and it's dragged, and it's her, dragged down. her down yeah so now she's he's sinking. he's level for a bit but the shot doesn't end does there. he have to keep going back for his fix is what really so that he doesn't get dragged down the yeah. steps into the street yeah like he he unburdens himself onto this like 20 year old girl <laughs> but there's this great i don't know exactly what the the metaphor they're going for is but they track brando for a second and then they track up as a train passes so mm-hmm. this is intentional because they have to make they have to time the shot so that the train goes by at the right moment right so they're they didn't just fucking do this on accident it's like oh train especially because right. we're seeing three different planes we see that low level where she is among the cops and the fear and we see him untroubled walking along 
good baseline. Is the rest of the world continuing on maybe? I what I was wondering is it, uh, met, trains are often metaphors for change, travel, transition, yeah. the passage of time. And I'm wondering if it's sort of that we're, we're transitioning now. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. It, it, that's the thing about French art films. You're going to watch it. And There's like a lot of ambiguity. Yeah. Of what you're watching. You're like, <laughs> what the fuck is this red balloon all about? I feel like it's kind of like, what did it make you feel? And watching mm-hmm. that, I felt like Maria Schneider was in hell. Brando was again among the world of the living. And then the train symbolizes some, some greater agent of change. Like something is happening. I think that's a fairly, that's a fairly good read there. I hope so. Yeah, and right? I, I also think it's interesting that we, the first thing we ever see in the movie is Brando reacting pa- in pain to the sound of the train. Yeah. And now the train doesn't bother him at all. That's mm, so missed that little nugget. You're good at watching movies, Max. <laughs> I have an art art house brain. <laughs> you <laughs> got, do. Got the old, but that that also leads to me watching Lethal Weapon, and I'm like, and you'll notice, and you the, notice camera the camera angle rotates when as Mr. they rotate when Mr. Joshua lights his hand on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, that scene was fucked up. When uh, what's his <laughs> name? Um, um, the crazy guy. I mean, good actor, crazy guy. Oh, uh, uh, well, you just you just erased his name from my memory. I know. I hate when that happens. But anyway, it's Mike Rutucky's favorite actor, <laughs> if, Gary Busey. <laughs> when Gary Busey's getting his hand roasted, you're like, oh, doing work, Mr. Mr. Judgment. Um. Anyways, all right. So my next note, I know exactly what it means. It's holy fucking blood, man. Brando goes back to his house. And the cleaning lady, the, the police have just finished their investigation. He is free to do whatever he wants to do. He was a they person said, of interest at some point. That woman is such a fucking bitch. His cleaning woman? His cleaning woman or whoever fucking she is. shit. She never pops up again in the movie. Nope, it's just that one scene. I don't know who it is. Maid, someone who works at, and that's at his hotel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes, it is. So it's at his hotel, so it's one of his cleaning ladies, one of his maids. She, the whole time, she's just like intentionally poking him she's well, like reaching down and dragging up this memory again yep. and again like getting the water all silty like look remember how your wife killed herself like yesterday I, can't believe I, couldn't, I couldn't clean this blood until the investigation was over this is horrible look at me having to There's clean all this blood so much blood it's in that like scene. she opened some major veinage man and then walked splattered. around yeah she, she didn't lay down no, in the tub and open around. herself up. She like cut herself and then walked around the bathroom and then got, and then in, the got in the tub. Oh my god! She it's cut on her the wrists mirror. and her neck. I'm, is did what she? she sta- yeah, that's the, the the it's mentioned at some point. I buy it. That, that she cut both of her wrists several times and then her neck. She, there's fucking blood. That yeah. it, uh, okay? Here's my only complaint about this movie: is they didn't get the blood right out. Of no, all. it's that weird pinkish. It's pink. It's, it's that, that like temper. It's the shit, 70s yeah. temper paint blood. And I, I was just again like this movie's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the best that I've ever seen. That always fucking takes me out of it. You gotta get your blood right. Yeah, we both kind of come from like horror land. Yes, we do. And boy, is that a big critique. If it's if it's in a shitty movie, the temper paint is fun. But it's fun. But if it's in a great movie, if the dirty hairy temper paint doesn't bother. No, me. not at all. It's fun. The death the death wish temper paint yeah. is great. Yeah, absolutely. But this not that awesome. Not that awesome. I mean, seriously, Jim Carrey's uh, soy sauce blood neck is better than the blood exactly. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> in Eternal Sunshine Eternal of the sunshine. Spotless Mind, but so. God, um, so she's running the drain. She's running the water to kind of like. He keeps asking her, can you turn the fucking water off? Once it's clean, yeah. Once it's clean, yeah. So that water's running and Brando, which is awesome because if they're improving this scene, then Brando has a reason why that water is bothering him. Yes. But we never find out what it is. It's just one of those little 
great things details mm-hmm. in here. Like that is that's Brando. That's that's a that's not even Brando anymore. That's Paul. Yes. That bothers Paul. We don't need to know why. All we need to see it's is part that of who Paul is. That running water bothers Paul. Oh my god, dude. Okay, so th- this is the scene I was talking about earlier with the faces behind glass because mm. there's this that it's that wavy glass. It's a I can't remember what it's called, but they used it in a lot of office buildings back in the day. Right. So not frosted, but it has a texture to it where you can't see through it clearly. Yeah, yeah, the right. glass itself distorts the light and mm-hmm. creates a creates kind of a wavy effect. So that so that what you're seeing really is just silhouette behind yes. it and Brando walks behind that behind a blue pane. Are you familiar with Henry Miller at all, the writer? Not as much. Enough. Okay, Henry Miller wrote a couple of books, Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn, are I think his two most famous. I read Tropic of Cancer last year. And he writes about um, expats in Paris, basically. And it's it's not like the high life expats. It's right. like people uh, like lo- always looking for heroin, hardcore alcoholics, okay. people who like lay in bed and just hope they get a crust of bread. And they're tr- always trying to be artists. If you re- this movie is a perfect pairing with a Henry Miller book. It's that exact vibe, that kind of like there's a there's a sort of like slouching sadness to mm-hmm. it. People people degrading themselves to try and feel that it pops feels up. Feels like in, squalor. In oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because there's a mo- but also it's got kind of that bohemian jazz beat poet feel to it. Feels like the old parts of New Orleans, sort of like this beat down, but there's still like. Yeah, yeah. There are problems. There's drugs. There's whatever. But there's also like this under layer of it's a culture that we have soul or whatever. Right, right, right. It's it's kind of like the village in the the East Village in the sixties. Yeah, okay. I I picked that up. So, but Marlon Brando walks behind this glass, and I said, even here in profile, you can't see his face. All Mm -hmm. you see is like a black outline of Marlon Brando's head. And I said, even here, acting, Marlon Brando is like iconography, like. He's like the Virgin. He's like a Virgin Mary, or a, mm-hmm. or I said, Marlon Brando is a thing older than us, standing for strong things in us. Brando is strong draughts of grief. He he ceases to become a man when he's behind that glass. Yeah, he, he becomes the he's the like icon. A, the he's like an image of a martyr. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's haunting that that pick that moment in this film that and it's so small it's just brando behind a piece of glass going like hey will you turn the water off right it's it's something timeless it's something like mythology it's mm-hmm. incredible that's what my thought was it's something that feels a lot like mythology like that yeah it's, that's incredible there's and, and we're gonna to jump ahead to the next scene when Brando's in his like office mm-hmm. and we see the remnants of his life on the wall. Because oh, we find out yeah. like you know, we we learn a little bit about Brando. He's a like, drummer, he has bongo a player. bongo player, yeah. He was a bongo player, he went over here, this is where he learned French, he joined the army here, he was he a he met her he's in a, Paris. Right, he's a, he again. did some he's a writer or an artist or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he did some tried to be a writer and it didn't work, he learned the bongo. But there's a great moment in that scene where Brando is leaning against the desk and he's yeah, he's drumming. With his fingers. Yep. His fingertips are hitting a bongo riff, Behind him on like the, beat on yep. the desk. And he's just, he's he's tuned out. And we it's such a throwaway thing. But that's part of Paul, though. That's Paul. So when Paul's at rest, he's, what do you do? He's playing the bongos a little bit. Because he was a bongo player. Yep. 
So it's just Paul sitting there. I loved that, dude. The tiny... These are some of the most realized characters I've ever seen. That's what I was about to say. Moments like that and the water bothering him, those are filling in the spaces in the paint-by-number that is a character that you're trying to create that most actors or even scripts don't don't allow for the time or the actor just doesn't have the the ability to find the colors to put in those spaces right. where this is like all of those a lot of them smaller little blank pieces are all fucking filled in man it's insane yeah. it's amazing i know i know that uh i just occurred to it's me it's like that- having a full palette of color to work with and it's Instead of just a few colors to well, it's like you know what it's like. There's a famous saying uh, I can't remember who it is, but there's they say that um, the the land the land is the most perfect the uh, the land is the most perfect map of the land that you can get because a map is like a scale a, representation, a scale, right? So like the most accurate <coughs> the most accurate map of all time would just be the world, right? Because <laughs> it's totally accurate. Because it's completely accurate. Yeah. It's a perfect representation <laughs> of what it is. It's well, what scale is this? 100. Yeah. It's a one, one, to one, one. one to one. So like that's watching Brando in this. It's like it's getting like, a tattoo of yourself over on yourself. yourself. Right. In actual size. Yeah. In actual size. Right. With hair implants. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's watching Brando. It's like we're seeing a painting of Paul, but we're also aware that there's a Paul. There's bits of the painting that we just can't see. Right. You know, like it, but they exist. That's but, not even yeah. a good analogy because it's I'm, not a painting of Paul. It's like it's like a Daniel Day Lewis thing, dude. Like yeah, Brando just, knows every single thing, and if he needs to, which he does in this movie, he can think and talk like this guy. Yes, he has become this character. It's so incredible. And again, not to short shrift uh, Maria Schneider, I think she does the same thing absolutely. here. Hers is just to me less compelling. And that's not to her, like you said before. It's not, not to, to her. her to it's her, not her fault no, or her. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. It's it's necessary for the film. Mm-hmm. She has to be less compelling because that gives her something to strive for. Brando is cut from whole cloth. She's still weaving herself together. Yeah. Um. So this is the door punching scene mm. when his mother in law is kind of like ringing through the well, guts of their tr- relationship, and she's trying to like she, his ex wife did not believe in God. Right. Right. So he's trying to get her to, st- she, he doesn't want the priest there. He doesn't want the church involved with the funeral. Right. Because one, the church doesn't want a suicide. And two, she didn't believe in God. And mom is being real fucking mom shitty about it. Mom super believes in God. Super, That's super, why her mom, yeah. the mom is so, this is one of those things like in Eternal Sunshine mm-hmm. when you realize why she's, why Kirsten Dunst is dating Mark Ruffalo. The reason she's looking so hard for it, like why would she kill herself? Because... If you kill yourself, you're damned forever. Like, why would she do that to God? And Marlon Brando's like, because she didn't fucking she didn't believe, believe in, in God. Yeah. She was just sad and killed herself. Get over it. And he's really brutal in this scene. Because yeah. the mom is like crying. She's digging through like papers and boxes yeah, and she stuff. Yeah, she did just lose a daughter for Christ's sake. That's like, true. You know. And then, oh my God, when she's like, she's like, please, just this one thing, Paul. I just want this priest. It's for me, Paul. Please, just one to the last like, rites. no, fuck you. And he turns and punches the door twice and watching it i'm like did brando just break his hand what yeah. the fuck and then he, he nails it again and you're like he really he punches is that door fuck. and he like grabs something and slams it into the desk so like shit's falling all over the lamp is on its side and he goes no one believes in a fucking god here and you've never the reason that i just say it is because you'll never do it like brando does no. oh my god dude when he says that you almost feel like he's yelling at you yeah 
And it's funny because he's saying that, and this is oh. now the hotel, which is essentially a flop house. Yeah. And it's it's true. There is no like no one believes in God here. Yeah. No one believes in a fucking God, God here. here. Yeah. Oh my. God. And the mom is just like <laughs> she she clams up because she's like this is dangerous. Yeah. I need to just let him do his thing. Because I might be the door next. Next, dude. He's oh my god. And you believe that he could he could do that. Like, I there's only, a violence in him. I only can think of two other actors that can go from zero to insane violence that believe that convincingly that well. Quickly, too, yeah. Gary Oldman and Tom Hardy. Mm, I was gonna, th- I was thinking Gary Oldman. For- that's that's it, man. Tom Hardy. Have you ever have you seen Lawless yet? Uh, I saw it. When it first came out, okay. I don't remember it, right, any right. of it though. I think I think that's Tom when Hardy his, his, his throat gets cut, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, god. So and there's a cool little scene that I actually didn't take a note on, but it's the next thing that happens is he walks out in the hall and closes the door, and because he's just lost his fucking mind, all the tenants are opening their doors, and one by one he walks he over wa- and, and closes, closes all of their doors. That's so amazing. It's. It's I was a, like, yeah. he is literally like they're all staring. He is he's closing their they're doors. They're not closing the door. He comes he over and closes the door until well, they he's in know blackness. him too. That's his hotel, mm-hmm. which is fucking another another side of that. Oh my god! What'd you think of? Uh, I'm better off with a grunt or a groan than a name. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just adding more to the whole. She is just the pleasure a pleasure hole for him. Yeah, but also I think this is an, this would be a good time to check in. Maria Schneider comes back to the apartment. She comes back all the time. She, well, yeah, but but so we're, if I'm going through the movie chronologically, okay, yeah, yeah. what we basically what we watched is while while it does have a little weird gray area to it, I'm gonna categorically okay, call it a rape. Rapes, okay, he rapes her. She leaves in like distraught, but she comes back the next day, and he's chilling, and he hasn't got any furniture or right. whatever. <laughs> so she comes back, and and uh, they're bringing his furniture in, I think, and he comes he comes back in. It's like your husband is insane. There's no way we can get all the furniture in an hour. And she's like, she's he's like, hi, and she's like, hi. I came to bring back your key, but this is bullshit because you she give the key back key to the back girl to at the, the girl, yeah. front door desk, the key master. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she shows up. She's like, I brought your key back. Can and you he's give like, it back to Gozer. And he's like, all right, yeah, exactly. And I can't remember. Is it? Is it right after the that first rape where he's like, we're gonna keep meeting here. I think it's the second. It the second time. I think it's the second time when she brings the key yeah. back. There's a. It's 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 chilling because that's when it's he lays weird. down the rules of like we, the outside world where exists outside. There is Nothing no. Outside there's no world. outside world. He's yeah. like, I don't want the second one. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no. I don't want any. He's like, no names. Mm-hmm. You know, when you and I meet here, you and I meet here. We leave our other lives out there. Right. There is no world outside of these walls, and you hear it, and that's chilling in a weird way where mm-hmm. it's like when we're here we're here and it's it's like that kind of like what happens in vegas stays in vegas but dark right, but darker <laughs> you know it's so like much darker. we're gonna do some shit in this apartment and when we leave it stays some here. of it's gonna hurt and some of it's gonna be disgusting but it yeah here this might be a good time to Don't check in and Mommy. ask you about this um is this a love story is it a romance uh i think it <sighs> i said I know, I know. Yeah, I say yes. Yeah, I say yes. Well, because as well. it's complicated as fuck. Well, he ultimately he ends up, or at least thinks he ends up. He thinks he's falling, fallen in love with her, 
and he tells uh, him her name and he tells her his name and and that they want to be together and like uh, and every ending is a new beginning and all that shit and like we're going to live it together ends and, and begins the, again. Yep, ends and begins again. I think he actually does because after he has the the conversation with his dead wife, right. which we can get into later. Ooh, yeah. But I think that's a turning point for him where he's like maybe he had some sort of closure there. And is now like, hey, I do actually like this girl that I've been using as a pincushion for the last however long. I do like her, and I'm going to maybe try an actual relationship with her. That's why he gets out of that apartment. He moves out because that is that thing. That thing doesn't exist anymore. Right. He needs it to end. He needs that to end so he can pursue some sort of actual relationship with her. And I think that he actually does want that. Yeah. He's going about it horribly. I, but it's, it's really interesting. We talked when we uh, in Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. We talked. I talked about how as the movie goes forward, the movie is falling apart. Joel's world is falling right. apart at while simultaneously building the relationship. It moves in two directions. Yes, Brando needs to hurt until he's ready to love again. But by the time I mean, he's, he's hurt her that much, she is done. She starts ready to love, and by the end, is too hurt to love. Exactly. Uh, spoilers, let's just get it out of the way. She kills Marlon Brando in the end of this movie. Yeah. She shoots, she gut shots she him. She shoots him in the belly. Let's save it for the when we get to it, but I think that is one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen in a movie. Brando's the walk death. Out? Yeah. Brando's death might to be one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So, that's incredible. What a... Ebert calls that out. Uh... No, we'll save it. We'll save I will it. remember the quote because it changed the way I thought about the movie. But um, so let's introduce my favorite, least favorite character, her fiance, her boyfriend. Oh my god, what Mr. the Filmmaker. fuck? I was so confused. What the <laughs> hell was that? When did this become like meta, shit. meta as fuck, dude? So remember, she oh, she's wow. meeting her, her boyfriend. Her real world doesn't actually exist either. She doesn't have a real world. She she's doesn't. only artifice. It's crazy. Oh my god. Okay, so she yeah. she goes down to the train station to meet her boyfriend and he gets off the train and he's like kisses her passionately. At first I was like, interesting, there's a whole camera in the shot. Yeah. Usually it's just a boom mic yeah, or a light. Like, that's wow. some lazy filmmaking oh, right there. Holy this movie shit. just went so, so shit. shit. Like, they have a whole camera crew. Just a whole camera crew. The whole B unit <laughs> is in the shot. Like, guys, you're gonna wanna move camera because right. you can see all Every, of the you can see unit. craft services guys <laughs> eating a fucking rat sandwich like what's wrong <laughs> rat sandwich <laughs> um, but they're doing uh like ed tv and shit well i saw the camera guy get off the train and i was like oh shit they didn't cut that quick enough <laughs> right, no yeah. then it literally is their her her boyfriend is a filmmaker this made me so sad but also i think this is brilliant because it kind of illustrates it's a weird way of Poking at itself. Uh huh. Um, her boyfriend's a filmmaker making a film about a girl. She's the girl, and she's like, "What? Can't- you should probably talk to me about this." First. Uh, so, so I wrote down um, somewhere in here. I have a note that's basically like her boyfriend is Instagramming her life. Yeah, absolutely. Live streaming her fucking life. This is a great example of how goddamn irritating and frustrating and alienating it is. To not actually be living life with someone, but to be constantly documented by them, where yeah. you're like, 
I love you so much. And they're like, yes, did you, I got did you get it. That? Did you get did it? You get did it? you get it? Oh, okay. Go again. Cut. Beautiful. Go again. Beautiful. Say it again this time louder. Right. There's a moment where they're talking about whether or not they're going to get married. And the film crew is like, speak up. I can't hear anything. Yeah. And I'm like, they're, they're about, she's about to propose to her. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously. And also turn the camera off. Right. <laughs> like give them a moment. Well, she's God trying, damn. Like trying on her wedding. Every special moment is, it's so. So, okay. Yeah. Some, some stuff. There's a there's a great scene skipping over their meeting, which yeah. is just kind of okay. There's a That's moment fine. where we see some we see ducks, and it's ducks, and they're it, they're ducks, and they're beautiful. Quack, quack, it's quack, ducks, quack. and then and a then microphone, microphone comes, comes in. in, and then there's chickens, and you're like you're watching the chickens, and then you see the, doves, and but all, in every shot the microphone comes. It's in. like a big phallus entering your your personal space. Well, I wrote down it's the intrusion of artifice. Yeah, it's. You're looking at life. You're looking at beauty. Because this is where she grew up. And then, whoop, yep. microphone in the shot. And you realize how ug- like it's it, ugly. It uglies it up. Yep. And it bothers you. And you realize, and, and in a weird way, like what he's doing, this, okay, we're going to stage it. And here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go back in time. You're going to tell me about your life. You're going back in. Oh, now, okay, now get down under the floor. You're 12. You're 13. No, you're 11. You're yeah, 10, that's so 9, eight. 8. Now tell me about your nanny. That is exactly the opposite of what Bertolucci does in this movie, where he's like, I'm going to set up a camera. I'm going to shoot this. And then just go. Do. Yeah. Do you guys. Whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Go. It's strange. It's almost a criticism of, of the other mo- filmmakers. Oh yeah, okay. Where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you're telling me you're gonna try and capture something real, but it's all orchestrated. It, yeah. I'm gonna show you something fucking real. Set up a camera, Marlon Brando, Maria Schneider, action. And they're like, "What do you want us to do?" And he's like, "Anything you want, film." Right. You know, and in a weird way, man, in a troubling way, this movie delivers on that. Last Tango in Paris absolutely delivers on on naturalism realism it does not shy away from anything, anything. There there's is nothing <laughs> off limits in this movie which uh, it's, which leads to some of its controversy of but, course but also its power and its beauty some some of the ugliest parts of this movie are stunningly beautiful because of their honesty right i, I mm, this is a great film dude mm-hmm. really really interesting film 